Good morning, everyone. It's Kevin again from Skywatcher, and welcome to another episode of the What's Up webcast. And during these webcasts, we check out all things astronomy, whether it's telescopes, space science, what's going on in the nighttime sky, pretty much whatever we feel like uh, taking a look at this week. Um, every week is a different topic. We try to keep them very specific, so if you ever want to go back and watch these again, they are recorded. Um, and all of those can be found on the Skywatcher USA YouTube channel. Uh, we do these every Friday, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific. And we're certainly glad that you are joining us this morning, this afternoon, or sometime in the future if you're watching this as a recording. Uh, again, my name is Kevin Lagore. I'm the product specialist for Skywatcher. And this week, we're actually going to take a look at one of our most popular series of telescopes, and that, of course, the EVOSTAR ED doublet refractors. Uh, we get a lot of requests for this line and uh, we thought it'd be good to do kind of an in-depth look at these and if you have any questions on this, um, feel free to ask them throughout the webcast and I will try to get to them as fast as I can. Um, if there's anything I did not catch by the end of the webcast or you really um, have any other questions, you can always email us at support at skywatcherusa.com. We'll be happy to uh, answer those questions for you. Just uh, email us and title your email, What's Up Webcast, and we will get to you as fast as we can. So we are uh, definitely excited to have this series today, and uh, we're going to get started. So if you have an Evo Star already, awesome. This is probably just going to be review. Um, I don't want to make this a commercial for our stuff. Even though it is our webcast, we could do it. This is really to be more informative about this product line and some of the accessories that can go with it. Um, I would like to be upfront about some of the third-party accessories. There are tons of third-party accessories you can use on our telescopes. The items I have listed today are just stuff that we have used personally, so I can tell you from experience. Um, but there are many options out there and many awesome options. So if I left anything out it has nothing to do with the company or that we don't want to support it, we just haven't tried it. So we like to talk on experience from personal choice or personal use. Um, you know, if we get a hold of one of those uh, items in the future, awesome. We'll give it a go. So let's get to know the EvoStar series. So... Our EvoStar refractors um, are our ED doublet line, and I'll get into that in a minute. You might know them with the white finish and black glossy tubes. Um, this is kind of uh, our mid-range refractors. Uh, here in the U.S. at the moment, we don't offer a lot of achromatic refractors. Uh, reason being is everyone wants to take pictures nowadays. So... And the price of an APO refractor such as the ED Evo Stars is not a humongous jump um, from an affordable Acromat in these aperture sizes. And we find that it's better to provide an ED scope for most of our clientele than an Acromat. And we may add the Acromats in the future. They're excellent telescopes. Um, they are sold globally. We just don't have them here at the moment. But nine times out of ten when people call us want to take pictures and really need an ed based telescope 
if you're talking refractors um, to achieve that and get those images that you're really looking for. So Evosar ED series, um, we have a collection of them and we're gonna go over all the models this morning um, in depth. If there's anything I missed, definitely give me a uh, question there in the chat, I can see it. Um, so let's get started on this. So let's get to know our family of Evostars. All the Evo stars are ED doublet objectives. So they have a front element and then they have a rear ED element. Um, and we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, these are supposed to provide uh, good color correction. Um, they're mainly designed for visual aspects, but they can be definitely used for astrophotography. Uh, the nice thing about a doublet, as opposed to maybe more advanced APO refractors, such as a triplet, is they are lighter weight. Uh, they are much easier to manufacture because we're only talking two elements of glass where triplets and some more exotic designs mostly geared for astrophotography purpose out of the gate um, are going to be heavier so our ed doublet line is really quite lightweight um, for their aperture sizes and we'll go through the weights and all of that so if you're looking for a decent size refractor and you want some good color correction on it uh, these are excellent for something like that. Uh, we try to build a quality instrument. Uh, you know, we know we all work hard for our money, so we want to make sure that the scope you're getting is built to that level as well. So we give you pretty good quality stuff um, out of the box, so you're ready to go. And like I said earlier, the, the thing about ED doublets, because they're less complex than a triplet, um, they can be more affordable and budget friendly. These have vastly superior images to an Acromat refractor because of that ED element. They eliminate pretty much all of the uh, chromatic aberration that you would see in a large Acromat refractor or something of various sizes, so multiple um, aperture sizes. Um, so if you're trying to compare an ED to an Acromat, it, it's going to be night and day. You're not going to have that purple fringe around those objects. So you're really going to be able to focus more on the target and less on the fringe um, that might be occurring on an acromat. Now, I will say that is from person to person. Um, some people don't find it annoying. Other people hate it. Um, it, it just depends on what you're looking for. But the, the ED doublets really offer that well color corrected, especially for visual work um, images. So you can get that APO performance without having to lug around an APO ref uh, triplet refractor of the same aperture size that might be heavier and probably twice the price. It's more, uh, a lot more time polishing a triplet. A doublet only has four optical surfaces, one on each side of each lens element. Um, one of our doublets right here um so two pieces of glass both sides are polished we're a triplet having three elements you now have six optical surfaces to worry about so it becomes more complex more expensive and you're talking more glass to produce them so an ed doublet is going to give you that apo um, experience without having to sell off the child so now we make multiple sizes because we try to cover the range. We go from our small little 50 millimeter Evo guide all the way up to the big 150s. 
and uh, we're going to cover every model um, on all of those. So let's talk about the design of an ED doublet real quick. Obviously, I'm not going to give away anything proprietary, sorry, um, but we're just going to go over the basic design of an ED doublet. So an ED doublet looks a lot like this. You've got two elements of glass in the objective, and those are focusing the main colors to the focus point. Um, an acromat would focus the blue a little further away, giving you chromatic aberration. So they're not quite, uh, you're going to get that color fringing on there. Where an ED doublet, because of the rear ED element, is going to improve that color correction and bring that closer to the focus point, giving you really color-free images um, without any of the annoying uh, chromatic aberration or fringing occurring on bright objects. They'll be better color corrected for astrophotography. I will say not as good as some triplets, but there's a reason that you pay for a triplet um, because you want the absolute best um, color correction for astrophotography. But if you're just getting started and you want something that's a little bit more budget friendly, an ED doublet can be a good option. So it's a basic ED doublet. The rear element is a synthetic fluorite. Uh, element so it offers a color correcting capability in there um, there's a variety of different types of glass um, the main thing about apo refractors is a lot of people get hung up on the ed element and what the ed element is that's important but the ed element is not going to do any good if it's not matched to the correct uh, mating element so these pieces of glass that we use, make this bigger real quick so you guys can see this objective. This is one of our ED doublets. This is actually a 120 um, that we just pulled out for educational purposes. Um, so you can see two pieces of glass right there. These are not taped inside the cell, mind you, just so it doesn't fall apart in my hands. Um, there's a small spacer in between there that gives you the air gap give you the proper correction um, rear is an ed element front is your mating element these have to be matched you have to take the time to go through optical indexes of each type of glass and match them together in order to get the color correction that you're looking for it's not just slapping an ed element into a system and poof it's fine um, it doesn't work that way so it's about the entire system as a whole is what's important there so um, all of our ED APO refractors all the optical engineers take a lot of time designing and matching up the elements in order to provide the best color correction possible and that's what we do in the uh, the Evo star series as well so the front is the regular element and the back is the element so and these are fully multi-coated. That means all the surfaces in here have multiple coatings on them to prevent reflections um, and giving you the best light throughput through the glass um, to give you the ultimate image at the, the end there. So that we really take a lot of time to really perfect these to get them ready. Okay. So... ED doublets are kind of nice because they're generally high contrast, as most refractors are. There's no central obstruction to scatter light. Um, having two elements in there means there's less light uh, 
scatter that's going to occur. Every time light goes through glass, you're losing a little bit. That's just how physics works. Now, obviously companies like ourselves and many other manufacturers take a lot of time with coatings and stuff to prevent any light loss, but that's just physically how it's gonna work. Um, each element that the light goes through, you are slowly reducing the amount of light by fractions um, down to the final image. So uh, and a doublet only has two elements, so therefore it's got some good contrast on it. The, the night sky looks you know, velvet black in these, and then you're gonna get those beautiful pinpoint stars. Uh, the nice thing about a doublet as well compared to its triplet counterparts is they are a lot lighter weight. Um, you don't have to have as crazy of a cell to hold the lenses because there's only two of them rather than three, so the collimation is less extreme. Um, they these they're just easier to to work on. A doublet is a lot easier to work on. There's a lot less you have to worry about in that optical system being aligned as opposed to um, more complex triplet and multiple element systems. All of them have their place. There's a reason a triplet exists. There's a reason multi-element systems exist. But a doublet is gonna give you that simplistic um, approach to it um, because it's just an easier system to work with. Let me get my, there we go. Yes, uh, Galactus in the chat actually makes a uh, a good point there. Our Esprit 150 fully loaded with imaging and stuff is almost pushing 40 pounds. Um, they're 32 pounds out of the box, but when you load it up, it's it's going to be quite heavy. Um, our our 150 doublet is only 20 pounds, so it's a lot lighter. The cell does not need to nearly as complex because of that. So there's some good points on having a doublet. Uh, in order for a doublet to have color correction like they do, they are generally longer focal lengths. Uh, that can be really helpful for uh, visual applications. That longer focal length is gonna give you uh, improved color correction, but it's also going to give you image scale. So when you're looking at the planets and the moon and stuff like that, that you wanna use a, a quality refractor on, uh, that longer focal length can help. You can still use lower power eyepieces like a 30 or a 40 or even a 50 and get a nice wide field of view. Um, so they're, they're very multi-role instruments as well as most good refractors are. They're very flexible to go from real high power to nice wide field uh, scanning through the skies there. Now, like I said before, doublets are nice. Um, they're really ultimately designed for visual applications. You can design an APO refractor to be better color corrected for certain applications. Um, doublets are generally designed for visual. Um, I'm not saying they cannot be used for imaging. They do quite well for imaging, better than I think a lot of people give them credit for. Um, but because they don't have that extra element that a triplet has, you're not gonna get as good of a color correct uh, image. You might get a little bit of blue fringing on there um, on some doublets, and that goes across the board. It's a doublet. You just have to remember that there's a trade-off um, on there. Now, 
when I say trade-offs, we're talking really minor stuff, but it's um, there's a reason, like I said, why triplets exist. You want the ultimate color-corrected image, for photographic purposes, a triplet might be something to consider. If you're tight on a budget and you still want to get something that's nice, then a doublet is something to take a look at. Um, or, if, or if you're not imaging, um, a lot of times if you're just doing visual, a triplet can be way overkill um, for what you probably need. You're going to probably spend a lot of extra money for it. Not that you can't, um, like our Esprits, they're excellent for visual, but a lot of times you're spending twice the money and you're not getting twice the performance. That's going to be true for pretty much anything. Um, so I'm not trying to knock one scope versus another. It's just that's the reality is if you want an APO refractor and all you're going to be doing is visual, a doublet is perfectly fine. Or if you're a little strapped for cash and you don't want to go all the way to a triplet, a nice doublet can be a very effective imaging platform to start learning on. And then you can always upgrade if you feel the need to do so in the future. Uh, obviously, we just covered that one as well. It can be very effective for you. So let's take some time. We've got seven telescopes in this line. So let's kind of cruise through some of the models here real quick. I'll give you some of the backgrounds on them. And if you have any questions, we can obviously go through that. So the first one, the smallest one of the bunch, the smallest refractor that we make is the Evo Guide 50ED. Um, the 50 was originally designed to be a high-end guide scope. It's actually a tiny little APO uh, guide scope. So it's a 50 millimeter um, objective, just a little bit over two inch. Um, it's a natively, it's f4.8. That's 232 millimeter focal length. Um, it does have an inch and a quarter helical focuser, which is nice because it does, and it doesn't rotate the image. Some helicals, when you rotate them to focus, they physically rotate whatever's in the focuser. So orienting your image can be difficult. The Evo Guide 50's helical threads in and out on a threaded shaft, but it doesn't rotate the actual. Uh, image portion so that's actually kind of nice uh, it does include the the finder stock here so it's easily mountable on pretty much any of our telescopes um, you could take the evo guide 50 out of the rings if you want if you want to piggyback it on a refractor um, you could get a set of small guide rings and put it in there um, it does have an inch and a quarter extension tube so it's really set up to be a guide system um, but there are other options out there that can actually convert this um, for imaging purposes. So Star Arizona, they're a good friend of ours. They work really hard with, they actually really like the Evo Guide 50. So they've made a couple um, accessories to support it. So if you have a 50 um, and you want some nifty little things to go along with it, first one is they call it the Evo mask. It's a 3D printed uh, Batonoff mask for the 50. Um, all this you can pick up on their website. Um, the biggest one, of course, is the Evo FF, which is the field flattener. This actually allows the telescope to really be utilized to its full potential as an astrograph. Um, the Evo FF is a uh, field flattener designed for the 50, and it allows you to use sensors up to APS-C on the newest model that they're gonna come out with here shortly. Um, and it basically turns it into a 50 millimeter 
um, f 4.8, so 242 millimeters astrograph. Um, so it works really well, actually. So if you want to convert your telos your little 50 into something more than a guider, um, adding that flattener can definitely be um, worthwhile. Here's my setup with it. Um, so I've got the 50 piggybacked on my S3 100. Uh, the Evo guides in there, and then I've got my big one shot color um, uh, Starlight Express 25 Trius 25C. It's an APS-C sensor. Got that mounted back there with a filter slider, also from Star Arizona. They they've been really supportive of our stuff. There's plenty of other companies that we'll talk about um, that also support our equipment. Um, but you can turn this into a tiny little astrograph, and it actually turns out quite well. Um, the images are really well corrected. Um, this is with the 50. That is the full frame of that field of view. So if you're looking for a tiny, tiny, tiny little imaging system, uh, pairing that 50 with that flattener can be really effective if you need something that's really wide angle. Um, so it, it's a fun little system to work with, and you can put it on a really small mount, really go to town with it. So it's quite an effective image system and then you can also use it as a guide system if you well so that is the smallest one of the line that is the evo uh 50. so the next one up from there is the actual the 50 is brand new but um it's kind of its own thing being set up as a guider uh the newest one of the newest additions to the actual evo star line is the 72. this is the smallest of the bunch it's a true full-fledged uh refractor with the two inch uh focuser on there so this is a 72 ed doublet an f 5.8 or 420 millimeter focal length system uh, it's got a two inch dual speed crayford focuser on the back it only weighs 4.3 pounds, um, and it includes our our normal. This one's pretty watered down. If honestly, if you're buying a 72 um, ED, it's going to be a little bit more expensive than a beginner 72 is going to be. Obviously, these are about 400 and odd dollars at the moment. Um, but um, if you're stepping up and you want something grab and go real tiny, this is an excellent little scope. Comes with the mounting rings, the V-style dovetail plate, and the travel case. And then you would need to supply your own diagonal. You could put a nice little red dot finder. I don't even use a finder on mine. You put a 30 millimeter eyepiece in there. The whole thing's a finder. Um, but this is actually a fun little scope. A friend of mine actually has this as her finder scope on her 18 inch daub. So if you're looking for a wide angle instrument to maybe piggyback on something or use as a, the ultimate finder, uh, the 72 can be a fun little companion for that. Or if you travel a lot, the 72 works well. You can see it's mounted on our Star Adventure Pro Pack down here. Um, it works as a great little grab and go system if you're traveling because it doesn't weigh much. And the telescope in the case can actually fit into carry-on um, measurements. So a nice little telescope that weighs nothing, that's got good quality optics, that can handle a good amount of power. I use a 3 to 6 Nagler zoom on mine. Um, it works quite well. Um, just some accessories. Uh, so you can use the EvoStar uh, 72 for... Um, imaging uh, at the moment you would need to use the ADED the EVOSTAR ADED 0.85x reducer flattener 
and that needs to be paired with the 72 reducer adapter. Uh, the nice thing about the reducer adapter is it can accommodate two inch filters in the optical path on the underside here, they're inside. And then you can actually loosen these screws and you can rotate and orient your camera system without dismantling the system. Um, so you need to use this um, in tandem with, these two have to be used together in order to use that on the 72. Um, but those are some awesome little things. Um, if you're looking for grab and go, you can obviously pair that with our Star Adventure Pro Pack if you need something small, or even our AZ GTI um, can utilize uh, this. This is actually how I have mine set up. I've got one just right outside the door. It's got go to, you're all ready to go. Um, so the 72, if you're really looking for a grab and go system, it's gonna be hard to beat because it's so small and it's so lightweight and you can use it on a variety of different uh, mounts without really going crazy. So stepping up is the EvoStar 80ED. Um, some of you who've been around a while might also know this as the Pro ED. Um, we used to, they got rebranded. Uh, nothing changed on them other than the name and some of the cosmetics, but that's where the EvoStar comes in. Um, but these also used to be known as the Pro ED. Um, now the 80 is probably one of the most well-known telescopes on the market. There's a variety of variations of it, but it's been around for a while. That's an 80ED doublet. It's f7.5, so 600 uh, millimeter focal length. It's got the two inch dual speed focuser. It weighs 7.3 pounds, fully equipped with all the accessories. Um, the nice thing about the next three models is they come with everything you need. Um, it's got mounting rings, the dovetail plate, which is a Vixen style, uh, the travel case, 8x50 right angle correct image finder, 2 inch dielectric diagonal that has compression rings, and it's got 25 and 5 millimeter eyepieces that are long eye relief. So um, pretty much out of the gate, the 80 is ready to rock and roll. Just put it on your favorite mount. Um, it is a bit bigger than its smaller 72 millimeter companion, so that's something to think about. But uh, the 80 is a, uh, this is what actually, I actually started imaging a couple years ago. This was the scope I started with, with the reducer, which we'll uh, talk about right here. Um, we do make the dedicated reducer. Uh, no adapter is needed to put it on. It just threads onto the back of the uh, draw tube. And uh, you can use it on a variety of mounts. Here's just a couple from our lineup. Uh, the, the Evo, I'm sorry, the EQM35 works well. HEQ5 if you want to have a little bit more wiggle room um, and if you really want grab and go and you don't really need it to be go to or you want to use it for terrestrial um, the AZ5 is a good option um, for that you could easily put it on there and just use it as a great little visual setup um, but the EvoStar 80 is really an excellent little scope uh, for both visual and you could use it for imaging um, that's how I got started. It does really nice work um, without being too crazy on the, the budget for you. And it's really lightweight, so you don't need any crazy mounts for it. So that is the EvoStar 80. Um, moving up the line, of course, now we've got the larger model, the EvoStar 100. Uh, the 100 is kind of unique. It's kind of got a cult following, and it's, it's kind of a design you might not see very often anymore. Uh, most of the modern day refractors have fairly short focal lengths. Um, you see them there F7, F6, even pushing into F5, really designed for imaging. Um, 
but the 100 is unique. It's an F9. It's 900 millimeter focal length. It's a four inch refractor. Um, what's nice about this, it's got the two inch dual speed focuser on it. Um, 8.4 pounds and it includes all the major accessories that the 80 does as well what's nice about having that longer focal length is it's going to give you really well color corrected images um it's exceptionally sharp you're getting that four inch aperture in a refractor now so things are things start to get interesting when you get up to a four inch aperture particularly in a refractor you can actually start seriously doing some visual stuff with this um this is probably one of the most popular uh scopes we have um but because it's got that longer focal length it's kind of a, a tribute to the old school style of doing refractors where they're generally longer focal length uh, mixed obviously with the more modern day ed glass um so this is if you're really interested in the planets and you like the moon and maybe you want to do some deep sky and some wide field work too. Um, the 100 is really flexible for doing stuff like that. Um, and it doesn't weigh much. So it'll fit on a variety of mounts with really doing much to it. Um, of course, we sell a matched reducer that drops it to F7.5. Um, it can work on the EQM35 for visual. If you're interested in using a 100 for imaging, I'd probably say look for something in that 30 pound weight capacity class like our HEQ5 or maybe the Celestron AVX or something similar in that category. Um, if you're just doing visual and you don't care about tracking, the AZ5 might be a good companion for it. Um, so something to check out there. But um, there's definitely some good options out there it's a four inch refractor. You're finally getting into a serious level of refractors. Um, it's got some accessories to make it uh, an imaging system. The reducer drops it to F7.5, so you can start really doing some stuff. Um, if you like doing solar, if you're interested in the sun, using the appropriate filters, the 100 is awesome for that. It gives you that contrast that really pops. It's great with a white light filter. Um, if you're using a Daystar Quark H-Alpha filter, that, that extra focal length is going to be really nice to have on a Quark. Um, just make sure you are using all the safeties um, when you are viewing the sun. Uh, quick question. I'm probably going to butcher this, so I apologize. Uh, Tiago Ramos. Um, uh, can I apply the Star Arizona Apex ED-L 0.65x reduced flattener to the EvoStar 80ED? Um, we will be talking about that here in a minute, but the answer is yes, it should work. Um, I have not tried it personally, but it should work just fine on there, but we'll get in the details in a minute on that. Uh, so that's the 100. Um, if you're looking for that awesome refractor, probably under a thousand bucks, and you want to get that four inch if you can really get up to a four inch refractor, this is regardless of company, by the way, a four inch refractor is really gonna give you um, quite a bit of punch um, into the nighttime sky. Um, let me just look this up real quick. But it's it's actually pretty surprising um, how much difference. Um, so if you have an 80 millimeter refractor and you're comparing it to a 100, because of the actual surface area of that lens, 
uh, the 100 millimeter is going to give you 56% more light gathering power than an 80 is going to. So you're getting quite a jump moving up to a 4 inch, which allows you to really see a lot of cool things in there. Um, the EvoStar 100, if you've got like a low power eyepiece, like a pan optic from Teleview, like a 30, uh, 41 pan, and you've got an 03 on there. Um, looking at the Veil Nebula, you can get like a three degree field of view. Even though it's F9, a, a nice low eyepiece is going to give you this swath of sky. So um, something to check out. And you are going to get a lot more light through there than the 80. Um, the 80 I recommend a lot for anybody who's getting started in astrophotography. Maybe you're stepping away from um, camera lenses and you want to jump into a telescope, but you're on kind of a tighter budget and you can't quite dive into an Esprit or something like that, the EvoStar 80. Um, but the 100 is going to be that really nice setup, particularly if you're into visual or maybe you've got some kids and you want to explore uh, the night sky with a nice quality scope the 100 is really quite nice to take a look at okay so probably the one you hear about the most um i don't know that there's as many out there as the 100 but the one that gets the most um raves about it is of course the 120 the evo star 120 i say is the most talked about refractor that we have in our lineup um out out world right now uh the the 120 is got a lot going on for it and of course my powerpoint's giving me crap right now there we go so the 120 um the 120 evo star is 120 millimeter doublet this is 4.7 inch just shy of 5 inch this is a good size scope um it's going to give you a good amount of reach into the sky, um, even compared to that of the 100. Um, when you step up to a telescope of this size, a refractor, the, around a 5-inch refractor, you there's a lot that goes on the table of capability at this point. We're talking 44% more light gathering power than the 100. So it's, it's quite noticeable jumping up to a 5-inch refractor or near 5-inch refractor. Um, it's still it's a faster focal length we're still maintaining that 900 millimeter focal length that the 100 has but we have a larger aperture so it's f 7.5 which means it's going to be brighter for astrophotography purposes the exposures are going to be shorter um, but this is a really nice scope to actually utilize um, if you're really serious about a refractor, um, this one gets brought up a lot when people call in or you see them online a lot. Um, there's a lot of people that have these scopes. It's got the standard two inch dual speed Crayford. It only weighs just shy of 14 pounds. That's with all of its accessories mounted, the diagonal, an eyepiece and the finder with the rings. You have a nearly five inch aperture APO refractor that weighs under 14 pounds. It says like a feather. Um, our Esprit 120, our triplet, weighs 22 pounds. Um, and the specs are similar um, as far as focal length and stuff goes. Um, but this thing is like a feather in comparison to, you know, triplets because it doesn't have that third element. It's really well color corrected. 
Um, it can easily be used for astrophotography. We give you everything you need on it. It's got the mounting rings, the V-style dovetail, travel case, 8x50 right angle correct image finder, two inch dielectric diagonal with compression rings, and that 25 and five millimeter eyepiece in there. So this is really quite a scope. Um, probably it is up there with one of the most popular ones out in the world right now. Um, we rarely ever have anybody have any issues with this scope. Actually, none of our Evo stars really give us any crap, quite frankly, um, because they're so simplistic. You don't really have collimation issues at all because the cells, the cells on these self-centers the whole system um, automatically. The minute the lens drops into the cell, it self-centers everything. So they're constantly collimated. You never have to touch it. Um, but if you're looking for that 5-inch true APO refractor or near 5-inch, this the 120 is definitely a serious contender. Um, if you're you're looking for your first serious refractor, um, this is something to definitely take a look at, and they're quite popular. Now, let's go into the accessories. Of course, we have a matched reducer for this. Uh, the reducer drops it to f6.3, which is really awesome for photography. Now you're talking um, 4.7 inch, 120 millimeter, um, f6.3 refractor. That's, that's pretty awesome. Um, it can work on a variety of different telescopes. You have the HEQ5 if you wanna do visual or you wanna get into imaging, the HEQ5, something to think about. Um, if you really want to go hardcore on imaging and you know you want to get into it, the EQ6R might be something to think about. Um, it only weighs 14 pounds, but you have to remember when you get into imaging, you've got to think about the camera and the guider and the guide scope. And maybe you have a motor focuser with a control box on it. And maybe you're putting a... Um, filter wheel on there and maybe it's a big camera like a full frame camera because the reducer could technically handle that um, that all adds up so you want to match your telescope and the thing about refractors that's really tricky is they're long they have a lot of moment arm there's a lot of torque when you're moving these on a mount that you have to think about so it may only weigh 14 pounds but it's three feet long and most of the weight, like when you put a camera or a big eyepiece on it and they got the lens up front, that, a lot of that weight is off axis from the mount. So the mount has to work harder to torque that telescope across the sky. So when you're using a refractor, you wanna keep that in mind when you're getting a mount. It's generally nice to go with a larger mount, especially when we start talking about these uh, five inch and larger refractors. Um, the 100s on the market, besides ours, our 100 Evo Star, it is it's probably the longest 100 Apo on the market right now. Most of them are like F7, so they're little stubby things. Um, you can get away with smaller mounts, but once you step up to pretty much any five-inch refractor that I'm aware of on the market, they're all about F7 um, nowadays. I guess you could probably find some that are F6 in that 120 to 130 range. Um, that size up you want to definitely take the mount into consideration especially if you're doing astrophotography um, don't chimp out on the mount and I'm not saying that just to sell mounts I'm saying that from experience because if your ultimate goal is to do astrophotography and you're using a refractor particularly a long refractor 
you need to have a, a mount that's going to be suitable for that telescope. And this is actually for any telescope. And the, uh, the reality is you spent a bunch of money on this. You're getting an astrophotography, you're spending a bunch of money, a couple grand minimum, seriously. Um, don't chimp out on the mount. I know it's a lot of money, but you'll be happier regardless of what you went with. And this isn't even Skywatcher talking. This is me saying as a person who's done this for a while, stepping up to that slightly larger mount than you think you might need will benefit you in the future. It's going to give you the rigidity. Um, if there's any breeze, you're not going to have to worry about it. If you're walking around, it's around it and vibrations are occurring. If you're at a star party and people are walking around checking out your system, if you've got a mount that's overloaded, it's going to start wiggling and your image is going to be ruined. You spent five, ten minutes on an exposure and come back and it's all like, ah! um, that, that was a waste. So investing in a slightly bigger mount is worth it. Um, I don't care who you buy from. It could be from us. It could be from Celestron. It could be from Software Bisque or Astrophysics or Los Mondi or Ioptron or whatever it's going to be. Just take the time and invest it into a quality mount that's going to support your scope. And if you're using a long refractor, definitely think about that because you've got all that moment arm that has to move um, because they're longer scopes. So just, just saying... Um, the other mount that you could think about if you want to do imaging and visual is the AZ-EQ6. Um, that one's kind of cool because you could do alt as and equatorial. So uh, these are just some things that you could actually check out if you're interested in the 120. This is just our product lineup. Of course, there are plenty of awesome mounts on the market that our scopes can mate to because we have that dovetail system. So it's easy to just pop it on and off. If the dovetail doesn't fit your mount, you can always take ours off and put a different one on. Um, it's really easy to work on with these scopes. So you can adapt it to all kinds of things. Um, so whatever is gonna fit your needs out there. Now, a couple years ago, we came out with the newest addition, the largest addition to the EvoStar lineup, and that was the 150. After years of people asking for if we're going to make a bigger ED doublet, we finally produced two versions of this, and we're going to break them into two parts. And this is the EvoStar 150. This is a big telescope. Um, this is a 150 millimeter, 6 inch diameter ED doublet. It's F8, so it's like 54 inches long, somewhere in there. It's long, so. Um, you have to think about it. I've had keep people complain that it's too big. I can fit it in a Fiat. Um, take it out of the case, wrap it in some moving blankets. If you're really pressed for room, you can do it. You'd be surprised what you can shove in a small car. Um, but it's a big telescope. You need to think about it when you're getting something like this. But if you're really looking for a serious refractor, there's nothing like a six inch refractor. Even a five inch is not like a six inch refractor. Um, in pretty much every way, not just visually, but the size. Um, a six inch refractor is a dominating telescope in the field. Um, it's really impressive on an outreach uh, program. It looks like a telescope. You've got six inches of aperture to mess with at that point. Um, the planets look crazy in scopes like this. Even a six inch Acromat, like the Celestron C6R, that's an impressive scope. Um, 
but you're still going to get that color fringe on there that might bug you. So this is really uh, a, a definite, definite upgrade as far as an Acromat goes. All oh, the color has pretty much been eliminated. We're talking 71% more light gathering power than a 120. So almost three quarters more, uh, almost 75% more light than the 120. Um, this is a lot bigger than the 120. So if you do have a 120 and you're thinking about going to 150, um, definitely take into account how big it is. Um, that's the only problem with uh, larger refractors. Again, it's that moment arm you have to think about. And when you get these big scopes, especially when we're talking six inch and bigger, these things are four, five feet long on some of them. Um, you got to think about that. And also, how tall is the tripod going to be? Um, when you've got a tube this big, that mount needs to be pretty high up off the ground. Um, I actually use one on a Los Monte G11G um, with a 12-inch extension. That is awesome. That's like the perfect pairing for, for this uh, setup. It works well on the EQ6, um, but if you really want an awesome experience, um, the Evo Star 150 on a G11 with a 12-inch extension, perfect. Uh, for a 6-inch refractor, though, it only weighs 20, about 20 pounds. So it's it's really easy to lug around. It's It doesn't weigh a whole lot. It's not going to kill you. Um, to lift this thing, especially if you take it out of the case. My case sits in the garage and never goes anywhere. This sits up on a rack. I just pull it off, we're ready to go. Um, we don't include all the accessories like the smaller, the other three that we just mentioned, the 80 through 120. Uh, we figured if you're buying a six inch APO, you probably have a diagonal and some eyepieces laying around. So um, if not, they're really easy to acquire. Uh, the dealer that you buy it from can easily put it all together for you. Uh, this is the basic model, comes with our basic white ring. It's really just kind of a joy to use right now, um, especially because we're getting into planet season, or we're in it. Um, some accessories, if you want to use it for imaging, you can actually use the EvoStar 120 reducer. Um, it drops it to like 6.8 or something like that. Works pretty well. Um, if you're going to use it for visual and imaging, the, the EQ6R works really well. Um, you could use it on the AZ EQ6. I would probably, if you're going to use it in Altaz mode, you want to make sure you've got the pure extension um, so it clears the tripod. Um, but both of these would work. Um, if you're going to use it for photography, it'd probably be better if you could go a little bit bigger. Like I said, like the Los Monte G11 is a perfect match for it. It works so well on there, it's not even funny. Um, so that's a really nice system. Uh, you could go with something else like a Celestron CGX. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff you could do. Um, so there's that. Now, the last one in the lineup is the EvoStar 150DX. Uh, we get a lot of questions about this one. Um, optically, the 150s are exactly the same. The 150ED and the 150DX are the same lens assembly and the same tube. Differences are this one has a 3.4 inch dual speed rack and pinion focuser. It's the same one on the Esprit 120 and 150. It's a lot beefier. Um, this is really designed for astrophotography purposes. Um, 
with larger sensors uh, we might be coming out possibly looking to do some larger reducer for it so if you're into imaging um, this would be a this would be the model to look at it's got a bigger set of rings on it and it's a larger dovetail plate those are the differences so if you're you want to know the differences um, the DX model I should have put DX up here uh, the DX has the larger focuser improved rings and a larger dovetail plate. That is the difference between the 150DX and the 150ED. Um, optically, they're both the same though, so you're not getting chimped out on anything. And it does come with a travel case. The travel case is huge. Um, if Skywatcher ever has any problems, we'll just have to go into making coffins or something like that, because these case we've gotten really good at making big cases. Um, so uh, it's a little bit heavier too, but um, same scope so just some basic accessories uh you can use again the evo star 120 reducer you do need the two inch nose piece star Arizona makes this piece right now it threads in the front you can stick it in the focuser um again you can use the eq6r the az eq6 but you probably need the pure extension or go with a heavier mount um, if you need to do so so let me shrink myself a little bit here just to get my hat stuff out of the way um, so these would be some good options for that scope, but, um, do keep in mind that when you jump up to a 150, it's big, it's a big telescope. So it's not super heavy. It's just awkward. So, so real quick, there's some other accessories that I'd just like to mention. Um, again, as I said earlier, there's a lot of third party companies that make a lot of great accessories. Um, you know pegasus uh with their with their variety of stuff zwo makes stuff like focusers and all kinds of uh, things um so there's a variety there's a lot of stuff on the market that we know can work or does work but we've never played with it personally and we're hesitant to recommend anything if we haven't tried it first um so everything that we've tried here um, everything listed here we've tried I can tell you from personal experience that it works so something to take a look at uh, first up is the star Arizona apex ED reducer correctors uh, this is a 0.65x uh, reduction factor um, this has ED glass inside of it so if you are using it on the doublets you're actually getting better color correction because there's extra ED glass in the system providing better color correction it does come in two models. You have the S, the short model, that's for 300 to 500. Uh, the S you would probably only use on the Evo Star 72, um, where the L, which is 500 and longer, would work on pretty much any of the other ones, 80 millimeter and up, you would use the L. And then right down here, you can see what the reduction factor does on the telescopes. So you can see the 72 is F3.7, impressive. Uh, the 80s 4.8, the 100 5.8, 124.8, and the 150s are 5.2. So, and this will handle up to a crop sensor APS-C. So, um, if you have any questions, you can contact Star Arizona. They'll help you out with that. But something to take a look at. We have tried these; they work really nicely on those uh, scopes. Uh, they also work on the Esprits um, if you have an Esprit. So, something to um, again. There's multiple motor focusers on the market. I know Pegasus makes some. I know ZWO makes some. There's probably other ones I'm forgetting out there. Um, 
The one that works with all of our dual speeds is the Star Zona dual speed motor focuser, their micro touch. Um, this works on all of our dual speed focusers. So all the Evo Star dual speeds, the DX dual speed, the Esprit dual speeds, and the Quattro Newtonians um, can also use this motor focuser. It works well. Um, if you're doing big stuff, you might need something heavier, but for what the Evo Stars are designed to do, this motor works really well um, for those, and you can motorize it and control that through your imaging system. Um, and this is one that we have tried. Um, I'm sure Pegasus has an option. I'm sure ZWO has an option, but I just haven't tried it. So, And I don't just want to give you guys stuff on a whim. I'd rather say, yes, I've tried it. It works. Awesome. Um, another focuser to take a look at is the Optech SWX30. They also make an SW. Um, the SW has a controller box on top. The SWX has it all built in. Um, so the USB and the power plug right into the motor housing, and that's it. There's no other controller box involved. Um, so these are really cool. Um, this is only compatible with the DX model um, of the 150. Uh, 2.2 micron step size. These are incredibly precise uh, system motor focusers right here. They hold up to about 9 or 10 pounds, um, so they can move some serious hardware. Um, the, the SWX model in particular has no control box, but they do have the SW model um, if you want to have a control box or run multiple focusers on two different scopes, then you'd need the other model. Um, you can contact Optech about that. Um, the SWX series is also compatible with the 100, the 30. There's two models of the SWX. There's the 25 and there's the 30. Uh, the 25 is really designed for just the Esprit 80 because of how the housing works on that. Um, and then the 30 works on our EvoStar 150DX, the Esprit 100, 120, 150, and maybe some future models of telescopes that I can't tell you about yet um, that use a similar focuser to what's found on those so that's an awesome but what's cool about this is you see the knurling right here you can actually rotate that and it disengages the gear and then you can still use the dual speed focuser manually on the opposite side this connects right to the op the focuser axle allowing for a lot of movement uh easy movement and very precise focusing so something to take a look at um, if you want to upgrade your focusers, I know some people are not a fan of our Crayfords. And I get it. I understand. Um, you can go up to the Moonlight focusers. Uh, Moonlight makes a variety of adapters to mount their focusers to all kinds of our telescopes. They come in different colors, all different adaptions, um, dual speed, single speed, rotatable. Um, you can go to uh, focuser.com, I think is their website, and basically configure it how you want to do it so and then lastly uh you also can go with a starlight instruments feather touch focuser as an upgrade if you want to switch out the focusers uh, starlight and moonlight both make great focusers um uh also known as feather touch for starlight instruments um dual speed they come in two 2.5 three four inch sizes all kinds of adapters to amount to all kinds of stuff so that's you know pretty much all there is to it at that point so it's pretty cool 
So that's pretty much it for the Evo Stars. I hope that was eye-opening for you. Um, if you have any questions, I can answer them now. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking to Michael Hattie of Starlight Express, the CCD camera company. So if you're interested in that, you can join us next week. And then we're getting September ready to go too, so keep an eye on all that. Uh, we'll, we'll get those video links posted here shortly. So let me go through the questions real quick. Um, if you have any, now's the time to ask. Uh, Clifton, please comment on your Mead 178, C6R, and EvoStar 150 uh, shootout. Uh, which did the best? How are the differences um, in the images? So let me find some of this stuff. Ignore all my windows here. I want to see if I have this picture real quick still, or if I deleted it, just so we know. Um, everybody knows what I'm talking about um, real quick. Um, I don't have it. I'll just use this one. So, so a couple years ago, um, right when the Evo Star 150 was about to come out, I had just gotten the sample to try out. Um, I owned a Mead 178, which if you're not familiar with that telescope, um, in the early 2000s, I think Mead came out with a, a ED doublet line of refractors. Um, it was on their 650 and 750 mounts. And with that, they had, um, a 178 millimeter doublet. I'm sorry, my computer's being real slow this morning. Um, we had a a shootout between all these different telescopes. Um, so I had the Mead 178. That's a 178 millimeter, so just shy of seven inch f9 doublet refractor. You can see it back there on a Paramount MX. Um, I had my Esprit 150 out there. The Evo Star 150 um, was out there. There's it on the G11 with the extension. Um, we also had the Celestron C6R uh, and an Esprit 120 um, was out there. So what we did was we put the same eye, the same magnification in all those telescopes on the same target and went right down the row. Um, and you could literally see the differences between each scope. It was really quite eye-opening. Um, the what was surprising and this is all visual we're not doing imaging what was surprising was the the evo star kept up really well with the esprit 150 i would say like 95 percent of the way there the once the 150 triplet the esprit 150 was the best of the bunch um i didn't have any other brands of triplets out there um it's kind of hard to juggle up or obtain um, a bunch of 150 triplets from like Takahashi and Stellar View and Astrophysics. Um, I don't know everybody who has those. Um, I would love to do a shootout between all of them though. Um, so the best one was the triplet. Um, it had the cleanest image and, ver and no fringing regardless of what you threw on it. Um, surprisingly, uh, the Evo Star 150 kept up about 95% of the way there. It was you'd, you have to have them both side by side to see them. Um, the Mead 178 that was an older telescope. Um, it's also, as you may read on some of those, um, 
it's plagued by uh, some of the cells. The lens cells weren't great, um, so they can come out of collimation. Mine was slightly out of collimation, so that affected it. So ultimately, the Esprit 150 was the, the best out of the bunch. Um, the EvoStar 150 was pretty close. Both of those outperformed the, the big 7-inch, and the C6R was nice, but you had to get through that chromatic aberration um, that kind of took away from the view. So um, it went Esprit, EvoStar, uh, the mead, the big mead, and then the C6R. That's how I would organize them all. And that's just what we had out there. So if I had another triplet from another company, I would love to see how that compares. So um, that's how that all worked out. Uh, let me get to some of these other questions. Um, if there is, um, just some comments. Uh, Jeff, do I have anything scheduled for tonight? Uh, so Jeff's asking about my virtual star parties that I do for Focus Astronomy, which is my outreach program. Uh, answer is no. We're in the middle of monsoon season in Arizona, and it's cloudy. Um, so won't be doing anything anytime soon um, for that. Uh, Got to get through this week and some uh, see if the weather improves. So... Let's see, I have your Mac 102 and it's great. Uh, this comes from Cameron. Um, I have your Mac 102, it's great. So how would you compare the view through an EvoStar 100 at the same magnification? That's a really good question actually. Uh, I've never tried them side by side. Um, I would assume that the, uh, the EvoStar is probably gonna be sharper. Uh, reason being is uh, the Mac has a central obstruction, it has a secondary mirror that causes uh, scattering of the light. It, and that that's just how any design like that's gonna work. Um, the Mac still provides a nice image, but I think you would find that the EvoStar 100 would probably edge it out a little bit further and would probably be more usable across a wider range of targets. Um, you can't go super low power on a Mac because if you go too low, you start to see the central obstruction as a shadow in the middle of the view. Um, where the refractor doesn't have that problem. So you could use nice low power eyepieces for panning the Milky Way and wide field targets on the 100 Evo Star, or you could throw a ton of magnification on it and it would work really well. So I, I would probably lean towards the Evo Star as being a more multi-role instrument. However, the Mac, um, the Mac is a lot smaller. I think the Mac is almost the same size as the Dew Shield on the Evo 100. So if you're looking for transport, the 102 will easily be something you can just take out camping or travel with or something like that. So the having a nice little Mac laying around isn't a bad thing to have, but if you compare them side to side, um, you'll probably find that the refractors are will edge it out for some stuff. Um, if you have a bunch of friends who have similar telescopes, it can be really eye-opening to go out and test telescopes side by side. Put them on the same object, put the same magnification in there, and see how they look. You can learn a lot how each telescope is unique in its own way. And you can even do it from sample to sample. Um, but shootouts like we did, you see up on my picture right here, shootouts like that are 
are really eye-opening. Um, you can learn a lot from your telescopes and how each one varies. Um, again, every telescope on the market that I pretty much see is pretty good. Uh, there's not a lot of crap out there anymore. Um, all the major manufacturers, and when we're talking about like serious telescopes, not the like little chintzy stuff, um, they're good. But you just have to remember that everything is going to have its pluses and minuses. Like the shootout that we did here with the Acromat, um, it had color on it. But I knew going into that, and so did everybody there, that there was going to be color in it. That's just what comes with it. Um, you can get an entire Celestron C6R on a go-to mount for $1,500. Um, our Evo 150 doublet costs two grand. Um, so everything has a place for it. Just remember that, that everyone's like, oh, this one's better, or that one's going to blow the pants off this other one. Well, yeah, the Esprit is a $6,500 refractor. I would expect the image to be better in a near $7,000 telescope than I would in a Acromat $1,500 telescope. So go with, into something like that with reasonable expectations. Um, but there's a place for all of them to be on the market. They're all at different price points. So yeah, that's uh, just pick something. It's going to work. You're going to have a good time with it because ultimately at the end of the day, it's about going out, observing, and having fun with it. Um, it's not a competition. Um, most of the vendors are friends on the back end anyway. So we have people call up and they're like, what do you think of Stellar View? Like they're trying to egg us on about, you know, saying stuff. They're awesome. Takahashi's awesome. Astrophysics is awesome. Just pick your poison because we're all, we're all out there to have fun. So pretty much anything you find is going to be awesome. So that's that. So, but it, it would be cool to do a shootout between different things to see different stuff. So anyway, that's that. Um, kind of ran over today. If there's any questions that you have that I didn't get to, or if it pops into your head later, go ahead and shoot us an email at support at skywatcherusa.com. Um, if you like our channel, um, you can subscribe to it. Um, just hit the subscribe button that's around somewhere. Um, and that'll give you notifications for future videos. Um, and then next week you can join us, uh, for Michael Hattie of Starlight Instruments. Um, I'm sorry, Starlight Express. There's too many companies, but similar names. Uh, Starlight Express CCD cameras. We're going to go into all of that and the details of what they offer. And, uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, clear skies to everybody. Um, and yeah, just go out and enjoy your scopes if it's clear. And uh, we will catch you next week. Take care, guys.